Marvel DC, Marvel DC, Marvel DC, 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 Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. No, read image. We create our own realities and words. That's disgusting. Hello. That's disgusting. Hello. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Geek Chat. Welcome to the Geek Chat. Welcome to the Geek Chat. The Geek Chat. Hey, everybody. Hello, hello. And welcome to another edition of the Geek, the Geek Chat, Chat here on MixLR with your host, Desmond. And his me. co-host, and Rich. My, my co-host, my faithful companion. No. The, the, Ed Mc, the Ed McMahon to my Johnny Carson. Uh-huh. What? It's true. Uh-huh. So I, we are a team. Yes, we are not. There were yeah, we're, we're a team. team. Yeah, much like Batman and Robin are a team. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, my Batwoman then. What? That's fine. She kicks ass. Okay, you're my bad girl. Me with the lesbian agenda this time. So. <laughs> so again, thank you so much for tuning in. We are here every Monday from six to seven on MixLR. If you're not able to join us, you can download and or stream uh, this this show. Uh, on Tuesday, right around before two o'clock. Okay, you can stream it on SoundCloud. Just look for the Geek Chat, or you can download it on iTunes. For people who are not part of the iHive, you can also go to Stitcher and you can search for the Geek Chat there. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. They're the people that help make you know make this show what it is. Our first sponsor is. Um, Club Card uh, here in sunny San Francisco. All the printed media you see about the Geek Chat, we get it done at Club Card. So go and check them out, uh, clubcardsf.com. Um, another person that we love to thank is uh, Terry Miller. She is the one, she is our mistress of the mix board. All the nice, beautiful openings, intros, and whatnot you hear. Uh, she did those. So thank you so much, Terry, for, for doing those for us. Um, and we want to thank our house artist, the person who, you know, whenever you see pictures of Rich trying to kill me or anything like that, that is from the very talented Gene Gilmet. And then you can check out his stuff, uh, usually on CBRs. It's comic book resources. The line is drawn, or you can check him out on his, uh, his personal website, which is rltpress.com. And uh, and I want to give a special, special thanks to our major sponsor, uh, Whatever Comics, here in San Francisco, located at 548 Castro Street between 18th and 19th in sunny San Francisco. Yes, come by and tell them that Rich and Des sent you from the Geek Chat. Of course, that's going to be weird if you tell me that I sent you. Well, that'd be kind of weird. It'd be like, you know, it'd be kind of interesting. It's like, oh, my God, I heard you on the radio or the, on the That's internets. what you look like. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whoa. That'd be funny to think that, like, my voice sounds like you and you're... Wouldn't that be interesting? That would be. That'd be very funny. Um, also, want to give another uh, quick announcement. Uh, we have recorded our Geek Chat roundtable. Um, and it is a roundtable uh, topics that we do. We get uh, people from our uh, Facebook group and, and friends that we know who are really big into the comic book community. And we come and we chop up a topic. You know, we have a conversation uh, for about an hour or so about a, a, about a topic uh, that is a, heat, a heated debate. Not really sort of heated. It wasn't heated and it wasn't a debate. We just talked. We just talked. Yeah. But the topic it that was we talked about. It was four friends sitting around talking about continuity and 
comic books. Yes, legacy characters, and and if it's necessary, um, and you can definitely check that out. Uh, we're gonna be I'm gonna be posting that Wednesday evening, uh, around right before six o'clock. Okay, and we have a change in our broadcasting as well. Not broadcasting, but um, the point fives will be moved to Thursdays now. Desmond will be downloading or uploading, uploading. Uploading. Yeah. Uh, Thursdays. So you will be able to get three days this week worth of greatness. That is correct. Uh, and uh, just to go back to the roundtables, we'll be doing those uh, once a month, and we will be usually uh, dropping those down on uh, either the third or the fourth Wednesday, but we will definitely uh, hammer you know. down hammer down a time yep. that way you guys can um, – be a part of that juicy goodness and if you and again if you have any questions or comments or you want to be a part of the geek chat go to the facebook group and become a part of the conversation we were an active group of about you know almost 100 members and we talk all the time about various comic book uh movie movies TV. popular culture type of stuff um but if you want to come by and and you can also uh be a part of the geek chat uh, roundtables too. You can give us a topic that you want to talk about and we can have a conversation about that as well. So without further ado, Desmond, let's get into what, uh, what comics that we liked. What'd you like? Uh, what did I like? You go first, Rich. I feel like I've been talking a lot. I want to hear what you have to say. What did you like this week? Because last week was a fantastic week for comics in my opinion. Yeah, but you think this week was a great week too. Uh, this coming week? Oh, last week being exactly. this week. Exactly. Hot time. So. I'm going to talk about a little book from Image Comics, because I love me my Image Comics, called Birthright. We're up to issue 10, and if you downloaded or listened to any of the earlier episodes of our program, we talked heavily about this book when it first started. We gave the trade away free, and... Uh, we're up to issue 10 now, and it's still going. It's still a good, strong title. Um, it is written by Joshua Williamson, who just got married, I believe, so congratulations to him. Uh, and the other co-creator and artist of the book is Andre Bresson. Hope I said your name right. The colorist is Adriano Lucas. The letterer is Pat Rousseau. It is a two ninety nine comic book. Um, the story of a brother, well, two brothers, really, at this point. One of the brothers was lost to the family, sent into this other fut futuristic kind of fantasy world, and came back to the earth a grown warrior um, with a little uh, secret mission, we'll say. I don't want to give too much away. So in issue nine, I have thought the art has been amazing, but in issue nine, the artist really brought the A game to the book to where the the art over kind of for me outshined the writing and uh, this issue again fabulous the 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 writing and the art go so so well together kind of hand in hand and we learn something about the brother the younger brother who has missed his well older brother now and he has to make a decision on the path he's going to be on. So this is the younger brother. Has the to younger brother made a decision that changes. It's going to change his life. Um, should we tell him what it is? Um, I think you should allude to it. 
Um, because to save his older brother's life, he has to basically corrupt himself. Because we do know that the brother came back from the from the alternate uh, world with uh, a bit of evil in him, a little baggage, a little a, a little baggage, well, a lot of baggage. And so the so the younger brother, you know, now has to decide if he's going to sacrifice some of his, I guess, goodness to to help purify his brother. Yeah, or that's what he thinks at least, is that he's doing the right thing by doing this horrible deed. But do we know? See, that's what I like about the book, because you never know, you don't know where it's going. Mm-mm. You know, I, I don't think that I've ever seen a a hero's journey, because that's kind of what this book is. You know, it's very much a hero's journey, for, but f- with so many perspectives, with the mother's perspective and the and the and the two brothers and and the people that were from from the other world and what they're thinking about, it just it's like this there's so much going on but it is so entertaining at the same time i mean this is a fantastic book if you were not reading it so the other thing Mm -hmm. is we learn through the flashbacks that both brothers had to do this thing to start their journey and we know how the older brother what happened to the older brother who was actually the younger brother we know what happened to him and now the Earthbound brother is in the same predicament, and the book ends. We're gonna have, you know, it's on its break. The first trade or the second trade will be coming out, and they leave you with a huge cliffhanger as to what might happen. And, uh, wow, I mean, and this book is going really strong. Uh, like you said, it's getting ready to have its uh, second trade paperback. So it's gone. It's, it's it's had its first two story arcs. And that's always the thing that kind of can make or break an image book, you know, especially with their new um, their new kind of printing uh, schedules where mm-hmm. they have like a, a couple of. Uh, a couple of issues maybe like four or five issues or maybe six and then they'll take a break let that kind of marinate you know let the and let the person go and get some stuff into the um into the uh into the bag before they bring it back out like i really like that publishing uh that publishing um i don't say mentality but that new publishing schedule that they're doing you know it kind of gives uh, people a little bit of breathing room I thought they were crazy for doing something like that because because way back when when Saga started it. Well, no, because like you have this fantastic book and you got people, you know, really getting into it and it's going and then what we have to wait two months, you know, but they really haven't been hurt by that. Nope. So someone. So as a retailer, I can say, hey, you know, this book I really love. Here's the first trade. And then either the week of or a week or two later. You get the next issue. So you can. And he even says it in the back of the book. He says, you know what? Issue 11 is going to be the perfect jumping on point. You'll have the first two trades out. Come join us. The first, sto- the third story arc starts here. It's going to be a biggie. Like even the writer acknowledges the fact that that's what Image's uh, model is. Image's model for putting out trades now. Um, with Wicked and Divine, the second book, they put the issue out the same day. So I, as a retailer, can be like, hey, here's this. You know you like it. Start monthly. Yeah. And that and that's a great way to do it with uh, with kind of, I hate to use this word, but you're kind of training, you know, your um, your audience about, well, this is, I know you're used to getting your stuff month and month and month. Every and month. who trained people to wait for the trade? 
Marvel well, and DC. Yeah, Marvel and DC did that. They really taught people to wait for the trade. The problem with Marvel and DC, well, the problem with DC is you don't get that trade for like a year after the storyline. That's like, too long. I can't give someone. That is way too long. So we talk about we really like Sinestro. The problem is I can't give someone the tools to get caught up on a book. Nope. Because they they don't put things out in a timely manner. Marvel is a little better. Marvel does it within like four to six months of something like an arc ending. Image? No. Image is like, no, we're not going to make you wait. Here you go. They want the reader to stay engaged and they want to make sure us as retailers can get the stuff to you. I totally agree. Um, so one of my picks for for this uh, for this past week was Midnight Society: The Black Lake, issue two of four. It is by it is from Dark Horse Comics. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is written and drawn. Uh, it is uh, written, drawn, and inked by Drew Edward Johnson. He does it all. He does it all, and it's funny because the 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 Edward is throwing me off. Uh, so Drew Johnson was a, I guess he he was a very big penciler at uh, DC for a long time, and he did Wonder Woman and a lot of different other um, titles. You know, it was much more of a you know uh, towards the female oriented uh, spectrum uh, because he he draws really beautiful females. So. So that's where a lot of stuff that he did. And the color is by uh, Danielle Rudani and the letters by Steve uh, Dutro. Uh, I really have been enjoying this book. And the reason I've been enjoying this book is because it is a mystery. You know, it is a mystery about uh, exozoologists. Um, I hear, I see Emily is, is listening. So maybe she could tell me because she's a librarian. But but they're, they're the people who, who go and look for uh, mythical creatures who could exist in the real world, like people who go and try to, like Bigfoot hunters in those TV shows are, are, are those type of crypt- cryptozoologists, that's what it is. And it is a story about these people who are cryptozoologists who go out and not so much save people, but try to contain or find out if these things are actually real. And the black lake that they're referring to is Loch Ness. So is there this Loch Ness monster? Um, What's going on with the Loch Ness monster? You know, and, and is it real? Um, the first issue started off with uh, with him tracking down a, uh, a, a rogue group of fairies uh, in the past. And now uh, they kind of fast forward to nowadays. And in this story, they are uh, investigating the um, they're investigating uh, the Loch Ness to see if the Loch Ness monster is real. And I don't want to spoil it for you, but things go awry. And the main character um, is uh, a female that kind of has a history of her own because um, uh, maybe she's not as human as she appears to be hmm. as she's a very beautiful woman but but something's Who going on blood. something's going on with her as uh, as all hell breaks loose in the in the sub as they are traversing uh, Loch Ness looking for uh, uh, Nessie, the Loch Ness monster. But anyway, the art is gorgeous. The it's story- interesting though. The art is different. Oh yeah, you know his his art for this book is a lot different than his traditional comic book art. So he drew Wonder Woman back in the day, issues one ninety five to two eleven. Yep. 
He drew some of those issues of Supergirl that you and I really liked. Correct. And he drew Authority back in the day. Uh, yep. So this name, I recognize the name. Once you said who it was, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, the and, Edward kind of threw me off too. And his art is completely different. He's yep. it, It's his own style now that he's drawing and inking. But it makes me, it makes me really want to see what... Because he's getting ready. His next project is going to be The Shield by... Um, Red Circle, Archie Comics, Ar- Red the, Circle. The Archie, yes, the Archie Comics. So he's doing the Shield, and I'm really excited for that because it's be- superhero art. Correct, but but it wasn't so much that it's because I it's really more because I wanted to see what what how their take on the Shield was going to be because Archie's doing this whole that they're renovating their their superhero line. So I really wanted to see what these heroes could be because I think it is a huge fallacy. When people say that, you know, superheroes can only be done by Marvel or DC or why are we going to do superheroes because Marvel and DC does it so well. I think that's crap. You know, I agree. You know, because there's there's tons of other people out there that can write just as uh, just as compelling superhero stories than just the big two. You're going to say something, Rich? Well, just about how one, you know, I was doing my FOC yesterday and I learned that a book that doesn't I really like about superheroes is going to be ended at issue seven, and it just made me sad because, again, it's a different take on superheroes, and they're in Canada, and there's backstory, and it's just uh, this rich world that they've created, and to find out it's going to be ending in a double issue was kind of like, oh, really? I'm excited. Why are you excited? Because I like this book. You like this book? I like I, I like Midnight Society three ninety nine. Uh, Dark Horse Comics, you should really check it out. And, it, and it's a mystery. You know, there's just a lot of like super science going on in it, too. And it's just a really fun book. You know, it, it's not it's not super complicated or anything. It's just a really interesting, engaging book. Talking about fun books, we have another one we're going to shoot at you from Boom Studios. It's called Power Up, created by Kate Leth and Matt Cummings. Written by Kate Leth and illustrated by Matt Cummings. Wow, he does everything. So I gotta be honest, I didn't think I was gonna like this book. It's not my style, usually. It's very kitty. It is very it's it is a it is a cartoon style. Yes. It's like you're watching the Cartoon Network in a which comic is, book. Yeah, which is a good thing though. Well no, yeah. Um I don't know what's going on in this book still, but it's fun. <laughs> well, they're being attacked. They are, and they all got superpowers. A, f- a goldfish, a construction worker, a mom. I don't know what the purple-haired girl does. She she works at a pet store. Oh yeah, with the fish. Yeah, she works. She's like the the antagonist. You know, she's this kind of fluffy, you know, black girl who's kind of sassy, and she has this goldfish, and they got hit by. A blinding light and got superpowers and now the world and they have to defend the world the funniest thing about this book is the construction worker with his big manly nose and his you know his beard wears a sailor moon costume i know it's so funny and they're even like what's up with your outfit and she he's like it's my armor like like nonchalantly just you know it's my armor. Yeah, he totally doesn't. For him, it's like I have to just protect people. It doesn't matter what I'm wearing, you know. And she's just like, "What's going on?" And and he's just like, "It's my armor. Mm-hmm. This is what I wear when I have to kick ass." I mean, it, it's not. They don't curse in it because no. it's, it's an all ages book. But it's just really cute that it's this 
goldfish who turns into a mini whale who turns into a mini whale that shoots lasers out of its snout it's just <laughs> bizarre it's just bizarre and the mom and their and and her uh, she can fly but she has a minivan is her is her kind of like secret car and her like I swear they're like almost grown children in the back. Yes. Like, hey, mom, what's up? <laughs> and, and, and she has her kids in the back, in the back of the minivan, as as they're getting ready to fight off these invaders. It's just, it's just a really fun, it's, silly, yeah, book. And it was one of those things where you read something heavy, and you know, where you read something, you're like, oh god, what did I read? And then I sat, and I'm like, okay, I'll give this a try. And it's issue two. Um, it's from Boombox, which is Boom's all ages kind of line part of uh, lumberjanes is one of theirs as well it is a cute little book i think um when it's out in trade i think everyone should pick it up i really do um a lot of their uh, i know again boombox is really uh they're known for their uh cartoon network um books steven universe adventure time and stuff like that but they're uh they're other creator-owned stuff like lumberjanes and a couple other things are really good mm-hmm. um Again, the artwork, you have to understand that the artwork is is a cartoon style. Is a cartoon style and it and it it is it is supposed to be whimsical. It is supposed to be fun. Um it's supposed to be bright colors. Yeah, it's very bright you know? colors. So, I I absolutely love it. I'm so glad that you picked it up and started reading it. Cuz I know how you you can be such a Debbie a Debbie Downer sometimes. So. A Debbie Downer. Just a little bit. So, <laughs> Uh, speaking of, um, not down books, but, but books that I'm really happy to see have returned is rat Queens, uh, number 11. Um, they are back from their hiatus. I know they had a problem with their artists. Yeah. They had a little rocky start in the beginning. Uh, And and now it seems like, uh, everything is back to normal and the art is just as good as it's always been. The lovely Uh, Tess Fowler, right? Uh, yes. Yes. So... So here we go. It's uh, from Image Comics. It is three ninety nine. Rat Queens. Writer is Curtis J. Weeb. Weeb. Thank you. Artist is Tess Fowler. Letters are by Ed uh, Bryson, and the colors are by Tamra uh, Bon Bonvillain. 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 Probably. It's, bo- it's probably Bonvillain. Bonvillain. But it'd be awesome if it was Bonvillain. That'd be really Bonvillain. Cool. So. <laughs> So yes, after the events of, the, of what happened last um, last time, when um, when the giant squid eating monsters were trying to eat all of reality, <laughs> we have a new we have a new uh, story arc with new and, villains. With with new villains, as we find out, um, I love that that it starts off with them being uh, being um, with the gobos. Uh, they're getting ready to be eaten by by goblins and and the candy goblins have to eat candy and all the candies kill them. It's just it's so bizarre. When I sell this book, I tell people it's a really cool mixture of D and D, drugs, sex, and candy, and really kick ass women. Oh my yes. god, it's just crazy. Uh, what's wow? It's just just a lot of good. I like that they don't shy away from the curse words in this. You know, no. it, it has this weird. It's 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 definitely like D and D, but it's modern. You know, it's just it's just it's just this weird modern kind of take on it. Well, anyway, were you ever into D and D? yeah, second edition D and D. I remember Thacos and everything. People, yes, Thacos. 
armor classes. Wow. I, I the, the, the my uh, junior. Sorry, my freshman, sophomore, and junior years were uh, the summers were dedicated to Dungeons and Dragons. Do you and think I, that makes this book a little more enjoyable? Yes, it does. I really, it, I really think it does. Um, yeah, I played all that stuff until I uh, Grew found up. pot. Oh. <laughs> no, I found pot. Oh. <laughs> That's what happened. Well, anyway, this story uh, takes place in the at the college in in which Hannah. The, the kind of main, the, the leader of the group, the Rat Queen, sort of leader, sort of not. It's a, tell, it's a story about her as her father tries to lead a rebellion at the school, university, that, that where she learned her magic. And so she's going back to find out what's going on with her father because if you've been watching, or if, if you've been watching, if you've been reading, <laughs> you know that she has these, these, these communication stones that she uses um, to contact her mother, and she hasn't been able to contact her mother, so uh -oh. she's kind of showing up to see what's going on. And yeah, some some nefarious plots have been dun, set into dun, motion, dun. and it looks like the Rat Queens are going to have to kick some ass, jump in and kick some ass. So that's what I like about this book. It's just non-apologetic. They do what they want. They kick ass. It's just it's a fun, very empowering book for anybody. I would say so. I would definitely say so. And this is a fantastic uh, jumping on point. It is the beginning of a new story arc. Um, and it's just, I think it's fantastic. It is worth the price of admission. And, and if you're going to support an indie book, this is one of the ones you should support. So, Rich, what is another book that you uh, enjoyed or, or want to talk about? I know we're, we had a lot of really good books that we enjoyed, but there were, there were some you know, ones that we wish could have been a little bit better. What do you want to talk about? Do you want to do Marvel or DC? Uh, we can still talk about the indies, you know, because I think this was a really good, a really good. Well, what's uh, another indie book indies. you got? Um, I want to talk about the mantle. Oh yes, the mantle. Uh, from Image Comics. Yes. Um, when you listen to our um, roundtable, I love legacy characters. I always have, and even though we're on issue four of this series. They've kind of introduced their own version of a legacy character in The Mantle. So The Mantle is from Image Comics. It's part of their shadow line. Uh, it's $3.99. It is written by Ed Brisson, who's also the letterer, and Brian Level, who's the artist. And colors are by Jordan Boyd. Uh, the Mantle, as we learned... Uh, from the beginning is passed down to person to person to person. And these people are not really related in any way. Not at all. <laughs> and, and they're not given any warning. Nope. So when the, the mantle fights, what's his name? The plague, the plague and dies. Power instantly goes to someone. And in this case, the mantle was given to this guy who died and it went right to his girlfriend who wants none of it. She wants none of it. And they end up going back to try to find out how the first mantle defeated this guy. And he was an alcoholic and he, he basically got lucky. And that pissed off the plague even more. And the you plague think he got lucky? I do. I don't think he did. Well, we haven't learned why yet. Well 
We'll find out. Well, hopefully. this book is uh, this book is winding down. So because of that, you know, because image writes for for the trades now, the next issue most likely will be the will be the time when when we finally see the mantle uh, versus the plague. Oh, yeah. You know, it really has been the story of of this woman being thrust into greatness and at the at the loss of the person that she loved and then deciding how is she going to do this and i love i absolutely love how she finally i don't want to say gets up the nerve but finally decides that she's going to do it yeah i mean she ends up taking some mushrooms and, and gets, she sees her spirit cat yeah her spirit animal comes <laughs> and 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 basically is like look we have got to do this we've got to take care of this you can do it. I, just well, it so I cool. love the fact that the cat is straight up with her. It's like, look, you're probably going to die. Yeah. He's probably going to kill you. Well, cats would be like that. And she's like, uh, what? And she, I can't beat him. She keeps saying I can't beat him. So in her own mind, she's already been defeated. Yep. And the cat's like, well, probably. <laughs> but you, you won't know unless you try. Exactly. I mean, I, I think yeah, this cat is being very pragmatic about it. It's like, look, you know, you can... You know, hey, yeah, you should at least try. But I, I just like the conversation she had with the cat. You know, it wasn't so much that it was inspirational. It was just more like, eh, it's a matter of fact kind of thing, you know, mm -hmm. because the plague wants to find her. The plague, his sole mission is to destroy and kill the bearers of the mantle. So and family and friends, and family and friends and everything. So at some point she's going to die anyway. So I really think it's just kind of this, I'm going to die the way that I want to kind of situation. And she's rather snarky. And I love it at the very end. She's like, Jesus Christ, will you just shut up and fight me already? It's like, he likes to talk and talk and talk. And she's like, let's just get it over with. Well, yeah, you know, she's a villain. He, he's, he's an atypical, he's the villain. you know, he's an atypical super yes. villain who had a, like a soliloquy and all this other stuff. And she was like, nope, let's fight. <laughs> and I really was sometimes they would just do that, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think it might be the last issue, the next issue. I'm not sure, but I, I, I think, it, I think it'll be, what issue is that? Four. Yeah. I think there's going to be most likely two more issues. You know, you have to have like, the really big battle and then you know something has to tie it has to turn or something needs to happen and then the resolution so i'm giving it two more two more issues before uh it goes on hiatus to be to be collected into the trade so. and then i'm gonna it's gonna be one of those books i recommend it's been really 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 good yeah, all right rich so the the only other book that I want to talk about which i think has been really good and it's an, another independent would be invincible Invincible by Robert Kirkman is a fantastic book. Uh, I can't stress this enough. Now, if you don't like continuity, <laughs> if you don't like continuity, this book might be a hard sell because it is on issue 122 and the continuity train just really has been kind of chugging along. So it will be kind of hard to pick it up now, but I really think you should go back and get these trades. The book is great. If you want superheroics um that is not marvel in dc which is somewhat adult content but not all the time um just about a story about a young hero growing growing and maturing and then becoming a family man i really wish that more superhero comics were like this and the fact that it actually that kirkman um respects his own continuity enough 
and respects these characters to allow them to grow, to change, to mature, and to age. Um, this is one of the most well-crafted uh, comic books I have ever read. From the first, from the first book to issue one twenty-two, it has been fantastic. And I, I, I know it kind of sounds like it's like oh, you know, well, uh, like a eulogy, <laughs> and it kind of is because. Um, uh, so before before I go into it, let's see who it's by. It's by uh, Robert Kirkman. Uh, the principal is Ryan Otley. Inker is Cliff Rathburn, and the colorist is uh, John France John Francis uh, Billieu. And the letter is Russ Wooten. Uh, Two ninety nine can't beat that price. It's from Image Comics. So the reason why I'm kind of talking about it like it's somewhat of a eulogy is because. Um, there has been hints or solicits that invincible the character is going to have a it's it's interesting what's going to happen is he's going to go back in time to the first his first issue um it's sort of like remember how like kitty pride went back uh in days of future past Remember that Rachel sent her back uh-huh. in, in her in her own body and shit like that. Well, this is sort of what it seems like is going to happen to Mark in in um, Invincible. He's going to pull a Kitty Pride. Yeah, I think they're going to pull a Kitty Pride, and he's going to go back in time um, in his own body, and he's going to wake up that day in the first issue when he start, first gets, starts getting his powers, and it's kind of one of these situations where it's if you're going to live your life over again, Groundhog Day style, what would you change? What would you do differently? Yeah, but if you, you change know? something, you could... If he changes something in the next issue, it could drastically change everything. Exactly. So, so, and I think Kirkman is, is, is an intelligent enough writer to think that if Mark, you know, the, the character, the main character, Invincible, was to go back and then stop something major from happening... How could he really uh, effectively predict predict the rest of that timeline if everything shifts or becomes different? Right. You can't. Exactly. So that's why I'm kind of like interested to see what's going to happen. And the reason why I am more interested than this than if, say, something like that was going to happen. I am more interested in this because it is a much more self-contained story being written by one person than I was for Age of Ultron. Because even though Age of Ultron, they were going to go back and make all these changes and do all that stuff, I don't think that a book like that could have been as effective as this one because of how many people are involved in, in the production of said book. Mm-hmm. Not to say that I didn't, I did not enjoy Age of Ultron. I thought it was great. Well, I didn't think it was great, but I thought it was good. But I think that Invincible with, with um, Kirkman at the helm is going to just really knock that out the park. I'm really excited. Now, when does the new one start? Um, that's the thing. I think it's issue 124. Uh, Mercy's is going to look just to make sure, but I am just excited for what's going on. Um, I am sad to see this new timeline move. I don't know if it's going to be a, a permanent change to the to the character, or if it's going to be for a story arc and then he's going to come back to the future. Uh, I don't know, but something happens and he goes back and starts to relive his life, and I am. 
totally down with that. I know some people would be like, oh, you know, that's cheating or that's just, you know, lazy writing or whatever. 124 in October. 124, I was right. It's called Reboot Part 1. This is the big one, folks. We're going back to square one. Yep, I am. I'm excited. So you can... Part make, one of three. Make mine image. So, and that's what. That's why I don't know if it's going to be something that's going to last for forever, or if it's just going to be for a. Um, it's just like it's just a reboot with a question mark. So who knows? Oh, and I looked. Mantle is only five issues. So it is going to be this next issue. It's going to be the like the climax. And someone dies. That's what they say. Well, someone died in this this issue too. So everyone's dying. Everyone's dying. So alrighty, Rich. So what we went through all of our. Um, all of our independence, um, and it's a really good time for independence. So what would you like to talk about now? I want to talk about a little book that I think has finally found its footing. Let's talk about Secret Six from DC Comics. That is a really good book. Two ninety nine. I really like the art. I'm so happy. So Gail Simone is the writer, Dale Eaglesham, and Tom Derenick were the artists. With Jason Wright on colors, Travis Lanham letters. Um, Red Hot Wieners for everybody. That's what you say when you open the book. Um, We learn that in the new 52, that we're not supposed to be calling it anymore, Ralph Dibney and Sue are still together. She's alive. Yay! He has been um, faking it this whole time. We learn why. Undercover. We learn why. Catman... uh, Finds something, and he recognizes the woman. He sees the picture of her, basically. And he confronts Ralph about it, and Ralph spills everything. But first, they have to do what, you know, all teams do. They fight. There's a nice little brawl in the backyard. Um, We get some of the old DC characters in this. They bring back Scandal. They bring back Ragdoll. They bring back whatever the hell her name is. What's her name? Banshee. Banshee? Yeah. What's her real name? I don't know. I forgot to. Claudette? I don't know. Um, and the Riddler makes an appearance. I mean, it's just, it's it's back to being a fun book. It is still in the new 52 continuity. Yes. But it brings back some of those old characters. I think this book is a great, I think this book shows that you could take what came before and pepper it with a little bit of new ideas, you know, mm-hmm. I, and it's okay. I, I am okay with this book. Um, I think it has just enough of um, the original Secret Six and um, the new Fifty Two versions. In the new Fifty Two versions, and it's and it's okay. I, I think the story finally um, found its footing and a story that was really, really going like, nowhere in the beginning. Yeah, I don't know. Those first couple of issues were really, really rough. But I really feel that I really feel that this book has really found its legs and and casting, you know, the the villain and really, I, I think uh, Gail Simone is really, really starting to um, have them come together as a team, like it was like like the original Secret Six mm-hmm. was, um, and I really love the new characters. I love how she turned how Black Alice turns into Hawk. Yeah, a variation of Hawk. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I loved about her in the old fifty two is that Black Alice, whenever she would try to, you know, use her powers, her 
costume would be their costume with her goth like look to it yeah yeah it was it's just a really good book it's just even the new characters are growing on me yeah but that's the thing it's like everyone has such their own personality and all the personalities even though that they these are all you know broken fucked up people there is gail simone writes really good broken people yes she does who who you want to like and it's not because you know you feel sorry for them it's just because they're just these endearing characters who were just fucking nuts Mm -hmm. you know i don't feel sorry for any of the people that are in there you know i just i just how how she is able to characterize these people is amazing yeah Really, really good book if you guys aren't reading it. And and uh, Dale Englesham is just knocking it out of the park. Oh. And it's this weird, like, he has this very kind of um, classic style. And when he was showing uh, Digby uh, kind of hulking out and whatnot, it's just something about his style is just very... Um, Old school. It's old school. It's like this weird. But not in a, not in a, not in a bad way. No, no. It's, it's like it's this great. weird little Abner kind of mm. kind of look, but but with superheroes. It's he has a very distinct, very nice style that is just really really, just really good. So we're gonna stay on DC. Okay, so let's talk about uh, Superman and Wonder Woman with with a guest star. Oh yeah, the guest star, fantastic guest star. Uh, so we have Superman and Wonder Woman by uh, from DC Comics. Uh, on the cover, it's Alienation. Uh, <laughs> I kept thinking whenever I saw Alienation, I'm like, is, is this like Janet Jackson's new thing, Alienation? We are a, a part of it. We can't do it. that. Uh, so it's Peter J. Tomasi. I wrote the story. I always say Tom- Tomasai. Tomasai. And uh, <laughs> Doug uh, Manke did the pencils. Great pencils. Yes. The uh, inks was by Jamie Mendoza and Sean Pearson. And the colorist was Will Quintana. Sorry. And the letters are Rob Lay. And yeah, Dark Truth, part three, a matter of trust. And Clark Kent pays a visit to Obama. That's right. And isn't it funny? Did you have the same experience I did when you're reading it? And every time Obama talks, you hear his voice. Yes, it was very weird. It is. It was very weird to hear Obama's voice. <laughs> he was like, my fellow Americans. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Two su- things happen in this book. Superman comes in and confronts the president about why his people that were close to him have been kidnapped and are taken away. And he's like, what's going on? I've done everything for this country. And now you don't trust me. What's going on? Yep. You know, and Obama's like, because at first it was Steve Trevor being all Steve Trevor. He was such an asshole. The new douchey Steve yeah, Trevor. The new, and and then like they had this kind of altercation and then Obama comes out and he's like, all right, let's do this. And so it was, it, it, all of his Secret Service were like, no, you shouldn't do that, Obama. And he's like, you know what? I'm OK. <laughs> I love that. And so they're talking about it. And he's just like, Obama's like, Obama was like, we're just trying to make sure, you know, that everything is cool because people like to know who people are or they, they they like to know where their heroes stand and stuff. Mm-hmm. And when you've been living with us for so long, you didn't tell us what was going on. You know, it makes people a little nervous. So part of me kind of got that. And, and even Superman kind of references that in, in the, in the book. And, but he, he was like, but having my deeds outweighed all of this stuff. 
And then parasite attacks. I'm like, what? That's the one thing, though. Why do they always send parasite to attack people? Have you noticed that? He's appeared everywhere. He's like the go-to villain right about now. Do you yeah. notice that? Uh-huh. That was the one thing that I kind of didn't like. Is is you know is that parasite attacked, and then I think Superman, parasite was sent. No, no, he well he was. Yeah. You know they they, they released him uh, because they didn't know if they were gonna have to subdue Superman or not. But I loved how Superman got around that. No, I, I thought Superman handled it very. He was very smart and he handled it with a lot of tact. And I thought, I, I just don't like how they how they characterized Steve Trevor. I mean, like I didn't expect him to be that much of an asshole. Yeah. You know, he really came off as an asshole. And then, but that, but having that underplay with what Wonder Woman was doing—that's what I was going to say. What she was doing made my, I mean, the um, and what was she doing? Rich? The Clark Kent part was awesome, but. I miss seeing Wonder Woman be Wonder Woman, and she was, even with that ugly costume, she kicked all sorts of army ass. For some reason, they had kidnapped the government, the U.S. government kidnapped all of Superman's friends and family and have them all locked up. And she basically goes in to find out what is going on, what is going to be the truth, because who else but Wonder Woman could get you to honestly tell the truth? And they do a really good job of showing and telling. And even when like Perry was telling the truth, how he was pissed that Clark had lied to him this whole time, it's still, it, it might hurt, but it's the truth. And uh, it ends with La- uh, Lois. And we're finally going to find out why Lois did what she did. Which I cannot wait. Is it going to be in Superman Wonder Woman or is it going to be in one of the other books? Not a clue. Okay. I, I hope. Know, I hope it. I think it's going to be in this because each book has followed its own tale of Superman being out. You know, an outcast. Because in action, it's about him and where he lives and the people around him. And then I think it's going to be in this book. I really do. And what was up with? Um, I guess I didn't realize that steel now is always metal. Yeah. I didn't when did get that, that happen? Either. Yeah. I don't. I don't know when that happened either. I. I missed that too. Did it happen in? I have no clue. Yeah, he had that weird disc on his forehead, making him like, is he a metal man now? Yeah, we're gonna have to do some research about that and get back to you because I thought that was kind of weird that uh, that Steel or Jeremy Iron Henry (laughs) Jeremy (laughs) Jeremy. Sorry, (laughs) you lose a gig point. I know, Uh, but why he is all Steel now? So I don't know. It was interesting. Uh, What other? book which i talked about rich well let's go let's get to some marvel you want to talk about some marvel now yeah because i know we both we kind of have to we could spend a whole show on the differences between green lantern lost army and uh robin because i feel like both were good but both had they just didn't hit it for me well the one thing i do want to talk about for dc before we leave yes. and that is uh, justice league okay. uh, because we're right in the middle of the dark side war mm. dark side war uh, do, do, do. and the part 3 came out so it is one of the i guess it's a big event right i guess it is i don't, I don't know think so i don't know don't but know. anyway it looks like uh uh dark league, side the dark side war <laughs> No, issue 43, 3.99 <laughs> from DC Comics. And uh, Calabac does not like dogs, I guess. Yeah, I okay. I So here's my thing. Anyway, I, okay, we're, we're, okay we're, go for it. So the writer is Jeff Johns. The artist is Jason Fabuk. 
Uh, the colors is Brad Anderson. Letter is Rob Lay. And uh, you were saying? I try not to support anything in which animals get harmed, especially in comics. Uh, I just feel like it is a unnecessary storytelling tool. It's cheap. When a real human does something to an animal, I think they should be punished severely. Animals are one of the most innocent creatures. I mean, it's different if something's charging at you, but the fact the dog was chained up and just got, no, it, it bothered me a lot. To, sh to make Calabac seem, we already know he's badass. This was just unnecessary. So right out of the gate, being the first two pages, especially with a character I've always loved, like Calabac to me has always just been this awesome character that Jack Kirby created. And they kept fairly close to the original idea. And I love the, the addition of the septum, you know, piercing. But the fact he did this, just Jeff Johns, you're a better writer than this for me. That said, I liked the rest of the issue. I liked the fact everything's coming to a head. I love that Wonder Woman is the leader of this book. And oh, yeah, because uh, Superman and Lex Luthor are, are on Apocalypse. Yep. And Batman's now Metron. Batron. 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 But I think that at the end when Mobius was like, soon I'll be free, I think Mobius did that on purpose. I oh, think, yeah. I think he tricked Bruce into sitting in the chair. Sitting in the chair. Sitting in the chair. But yeah, it looks like uh, the um, the anti-minotaur. Monitor. Who, monitor, thank you. Who was uh, a new god, I guess. Uh, is now going to fight Darkseid on Earth. Earth. And Superman is charged with the power. With the fire pits of Apocalypse. Yes, he is charged with the power. And it looks power. like he's a, he, he, his mind went a little crazy. Yeah, he went a little crazy, and I think he's going to attack and kill Lex with it. I don't know. I mean, I, I really... It's just been a clusterfuck of stuff going on. I mean... I can't say that I've liked it or not liked it. It's just been this just... I don't know. It seems like a whole lot of noise. Do you know the problem you might be finding is this book seems detached from everything else we read. I agree. But, but I think there's just a lot of noise going on. Oh, yeah. You've got book. you've got three different factions coming. You've got Dark Side and his whole thing. You've got the Scott Free and they're doing stuff and they just split up even more yep. in this book. And now you have like Wonder Woman. You know, on the battlefield with... Who looks amazing. Who this looks is amazing. the best costume out of all yeah, of them. she looks amazing in this book. So you have Wonder Woman on one side. They're fashion for you, you Terry. Have, and Frank. You know, it's really weird, you know, how it's been kind of like bouncing back and forth between the two of them. But I got to say, for his... I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you a lot of books that Jason Fabuck has done. Um, I think he's... It's some some quality work he's putting out on this book, though. He is really drawing the hell out of a lot of characters, lots of backgrounds. The two-page spread in the in the back of um, the Anti-Monitor and Darkseid going at it with like the parademons and the shadow things, just it, the art is on par here. He's yeah, no, he's that, nailing it. That's what I mean. It's like he's able to pack so much on the on the page that it gives your eye a lot to play with, but it's just. Like there's just a lot of stuff going on in these books. Do you think this book uh, is? There's just a lot of shit going on. This will read better, and I hate to say it, but this reads better. This seems to me to read better in a trade, because you'll be able to sit and just enjoy in one sitting. I think I think it really would work better as a trade. I don't know. I I just think he has a lot of ideas that he wants to put out, um, and there's just so much going, going on. on. Yeah, like and that's why I mean there's just a lot of noise. 
you know. Um, okay, Rich, so we're going to shift our gears a little bit, everybody, and we're going to talk about Marvel. Um, so if you have been reading Marvel, you know that everything right now is coming up Battle World and Secret, Secret Wars. Wars. So we're going to talk about a couple of the battle books. And one of the ones that I really have been enjoying um, has been Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows. Fantastic book. Yes. Um, and we learn about one more, just one more villain on Battleworld that wants to take Doom down. Of course he does. A couple books this week alluded to the fact to take Doom down. And I love the fact... Doom is so worried about maintaining everything and he's, you know, spoiler alert, he's killed the person that helped him with it. And now in all these different little uh, side stories, we're finding out the bigger picture of what's going to happen when these people come for him. And I really hope we see it. I think we are. I, I really a, hope we see it. There's going to be a huge rebellion against Doom. Um, but anyway, we have uh, Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows, written by my man, Dan Slott. Cute little Ewok. Um, art is by Adam Kubert uh, and Scott Hanna. Colorist is uh, Justin Ponsure. And the letter is uh, VCs Joe Carmen Ghana. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. We apologize for all name butchering. Yes, we do. Uh, but yeah, looks like Spider Man's come out of retirement. He is in the black suit. Loved it. He is fighting. Um, I love Sinister how Hawk, Six. Yeah, Sinister Six. I love that Hawk Hawkeye is that that area's kind of uh Nick Fury. He's got the patch and everything. I don't know how he's gonna fire an arrow when he has no depth perception, but whatever. <laughs> you know, it's all cool. Um Sandman is a good guy. Yeah. He's working with the resistance. Just a really just a really good issue. We finally get to see his daughter. Start to kick some ass. Oh, and that with, costume she makes with the power pack helping her out. Just, yeah. That's a makeshift costume right Yeah, there. this is a really good thing. And I, and I love how strong Mary Jane is in this book. You know, she's like, they were like, okay, we're going to get out of here. You know, and then the daughter was like, no, we get it. We're a family. And Mary Jane's like, all right, let's do this. Mm -hmm. I thought it was so good. Like, why can't we get this in the normal 616? Why... Why is Marvel scared? We talk about this a little bit in the um, round table In the round table uh, when we talk about why, you know, continuity, they have to have these continuity shifts and why, you know, Mayday or, or whoever this, you know, this beautiful little girl spider is. girl, like, why can't she exist in the 616? Yep. You know, why is she delegated to these type of stories? Why don't they let Spider-Man grow up? Because I really, really enjoyed this iteration of spider-man you know even though it was a little bit more um you know family first but i thought it was a great book so i liked it, it so was we good. got enough time for maybe about two more rich so so which which uh marvel books have you really wanted to talk about that you really enjoyed i know you really enjoyed that one i did i had some problems with that one well pick one i gotta pick one Pick a couple of them. All right. You know what I read today? Guardians of Nowhere. I have not read that. You haven't? It was no. fun. So Guardians of Nowhere, um, $3.99 from Marvel. The writer is Brian Michael Bendis. The artist is Mike Diodato. The color artist was Frank Martin. And letter is VC's Corey Pettit. Um, the first half of this is all just one big fight between 
So in the last issue, this giant, like, uh, Yotat, I don't know where they got him from, whatever, but he wants to be the big crime boss. And Drax and him get into it. So this picks up from the last issue where Drax gets the crap kicked out of him. And uh, he brings Drax to nowhere, and they have this little creature that looks like, remember Bug from the... Yeah. What was he from? Why can't I think of who he was from? Guardians of the Galaxy. Was he in that too? He was in Guardians of the Galaxy. Who was he before? With Mary and Nat. Micronauts. But it's this little version of Bug, and he even has a little tick. And Yotat says, nowhere is mine, only to get a major slap down from Gamora. The, uh, or no, I'm no, 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 wait, she's at the end, sorry. It's Angela, the guard of doom. And fight after fight, I mean, it's just, it's a fighting book. Mike Diodato was good at drawing these big old fights. But the thing on the cover with Venom facing Drax never happens. Instead, we get Kane, I can't even say it like uh, Judge Millian does. We get these two men trying to <laughs> trying to be all manly against each other. Who can outman each other? It's just so stupid. And that's when Gamora steps in. Um, so we talk about Doom's charade coming down and people people questioning it in other books. You've mm-hmm. got Captain Marvel in Captain Marvel and the her core. Um, a lot of people are. A, a uh, lot of people have questioned or are questioning. And in this book, with damn free will, with her cosmic power, Gamora can see through it, and she's really trying to. So wait a minute, Gamora still has the cosmic power. Yes. Power. So where's Kitty Pride then? We don't know. Mm. Mm. So she knows something's up, but you have Angela, who is you know, the, she's the Doom Guard. She's being questioned by Gamora. Why can't you see this? And I, I, again, we talk about it. I think we talk about it every week, how they really are making this event running through all the books. And each book connects. We don't know how. But the fact that Gamora is yet another person that's questioning Lord Doom, I liked. And I liked the end that Angela's like, you know what happens when you speak against Doom. You must die. So the fight continues. And... Just it's a fun. It was just a fun action, kicking ass. Something happens on the last page. I don't know who it is. I think I know who it is. It looks like, yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. It. It. I like this book. The first couple. The first issue was one of those. Oh God, where are we going? Because I thought <laughs> it was just another Guardians of the Galaxy with Rocket walking around. I really liked this. Um. There was a death in the last issue of Moondragon, and I don't know if Drax and her have a connection in this book, which is going to be, they mention, they kind of talk about a dad being someone else, you know? Um, I don't know. Another fun book from Brian Michael Bendis and Mike Diodato. Oh, that is so cool. Well, all right. Well, we're approaching the end. We'll probably talk about more Secret Wars, though, on our point five. Yes. So we are going to be closing it down now. Thank you so much for tuning in. Sorry there were some problems. If you had problems listening. Yeah, if you had problems listening, I do apologize. That looks like um, it it was, um, whatchamacallit, was uh, 
MixLR was was not being as good as it could be, so I do apologize for that. But having said that, make sure that you tune in on Wednesday for our roundtable. Thursday tune, for the point five. And Thursday for the point five. So, um, my name is Desmond. I'm Rich. And thank you so much for taking the, uh, taking the time to listen to us ramble on about comics that we love. Thank bye. you. Bye. Keep track. Keep track. Keep track. Keep track.